Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grow With Us. My name is Evan Barton, and I'm your host who helps create conversations with the innovators and leaders of a growing tech center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Grow With Us podcast highlights the work of community leaders, tech entrepreneurs, nonprofit professionals, and talent development advocates in Tulsa. Grow With Us is a podcast of In Tulsa. In Tulsa's mission is to connect talented individuals and companies to stimulate economic growth in Tulsa and to create more prosperous communities across the region. Each episode, Grow With Us discusses the growth of opportunities, the growth of communities striving for change, or the tech and innovation that is changing the landscape of Tulsa. On this episode of Grow With Us, we are in conversation with Darby Rich, Impact Academy team lead. We discuss her work with the Campus Tulsa Impact Academy, Lisa's House Ministries in Tulsa, and the work necessary to provide transitional and transformational housing for at-risk young adults. Darby, I'm super excited to have you on this episode of Grow With Us. Thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, so I'm really excited for this episode. We are continuing a series on the Campus Tulsa Impact Academy, where I am interviewing and having folks on the podcast that are the team leads for the Impact Academy that Campus Tulsa is running this summer. And I'm really excited to get to talk to you about the impact of that program, hence Impact Academy, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and kind of your experience, not only with Tulsa this summer, but also your experience working with the students that you're uh, mentoring and also the projects themselves. So I I think we're going to have a great conversation. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited to tell you all about it. Awesome. Let's go ahead and just get started with um, your story. Go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us your story in whatever way you feel comfortable. Yeah. So I am originally from a very small town in Texas called Decap, Texas. Um, And growing up there is very limited opportunities business-wise and to kind of grow and be like a professional. And so as I got into high school, I decided I was wanting to go to Oral Roberts University here in Tulsa. And uh, my last year, I decided to graduate a year early. So I actually graduated as a junior and I came to ORU. And that is where I first fell in love with Tulsa. Um, My brother had gone to ORU, so I had been up here to visit, but I had no idea just how much I liked Tulsa. And then I started college and I just wanted to stay here and have come back multiple times and love working in Tulsa now. That's awesome. ORU uh, is also uh, where my dad went to undergrad too. So I have a little bit of family history there as well. Um, That's super cool. What did you study at ORU? So I started out studying global environmental sustainability, and I actually only attended ORU for a year. And then I transferred back home and have been finishing up my school back home and online. Okay, awesome. That's so cool. I think um, with the pandemic and everything, the ability to transition into alternative forms of education is so, so meaningful. So more power to you. (laughs) Um, so you mentioned a little bit in your intro that you, you've got some experience with Tulsa. How has your experience with Tulsa been and how has it changed over time? Yeah. So my experience started, um, visiting my brother in college and then coming up here and it has been so great. I truly, I tell everyone I meet that I love Tulsa and they're always asking me like, why are you always going to Tulsa? Cause I come visit all the time when I'm not here. Um, and so it's been truly great. It's one of those, everyone always says it's a small town, big city. Mm-hmm. And it truly is because you meet one person and you realize you have all these connections about how, who they know, how they know this person. You realize you know everyone. And I've truly had such a great experience coming back. And I did the internship that we're talking about, Impact Academy, um, after my freshman year of college. 
And to get to come back and come back as a team leader and do it again and be a professional in Tulsa again, it has truly been so great. That's awesome. I'm so I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, we've got a fierce Tulsa advocate over here. Yes, for <laughs> sure. For I sure. think you and I share that in common. <laughs> it's something that I feel like I'm my online presence is known for, you know, at least liking Tulsa enough yeah. to have a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everyone all the time. I'm always like, I love Tulsa so much. Like <laughs> I'm sure people on this podcast are like, we get it. You love Tulsa. <laughs> but like, honestly, it, it's a major portion of why this podcast exists yeah. um, as a setting and an environment for all these professionals that I've had the ability to interview over the the course of this podcast. And, you know, the backdrop of where you live your life is so important. It's it it's is. more than just a backdrop. It's it's what facilitates your connections. Yeah. It what's, it's what um, creates opportunities for you and, and for your family if, mm-hmm. if you end up making the choice to have a family. And so um, I don't want to undersell the value of, you know, yeah. Tulsa being a big part of uh, so many people's stories on this podcast, yes. just because it's, it's, it's a very important part of our it lives. Is, it is. There's just so many things that's going on in Tulsa. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> I love that. And uh, another thing you mentioned is that you were able to do this program um, after your freshman year. So kind of tell me a little bit about what, what it was like for you as an intern, kind of in the, that seat that your uh, mentees are in now. Yeah. So, um, all of us who are team leaders and fellows, we've all actually had the opportunity to be um, an intern. And so it's a good program. We all want to come back and do it again. Impact Academy is great. Um, and so I, we were talking about this today, kind of wrapping up our projects this week. I signed up for this program or signed up for the internship and applied solely because it meant I could stay in Tulsa for the summer. And so Campus Tulsa does the free housing Um, And so it was solely because I wanted to stay in Tulsa for the summer and stay with my friends. And um, I had no idea really what it was about at first. Mm -hmm. Um, And then going through it, you learn so much. It's one of those internships that you kind of start the first day. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I wasn't. It's a consulting um, internship almost. And so the first day I was like, I'm not a business major. I'm not yeah. like, I know nothing about all of this stuff. And uh, going through it, you just learn so much and you realize that business is a lot easier than you may think. And it's all, it's so good just to learn those skills. And so you learn so many skills throughout it and stuff. I love that. No, I, th- I think you're touching on an important point with um, kind of like, business or just this like intrigue of what the mm-hmm. next level looks like mm-hmm. um, and, and really the impact of internships. I, I think that that was one of the main things that I took from so many of my internships uh, that I had back in the day was kind of like, oh, this is what real people do on a day to day basis, yeah. like from nine to five. Like and there's, of course, some parts of it that are hard mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure, <laughs> um, not to undersell that but um when you have no exposure to it or you know it can kind of just morph into this like oh my gosh I don't know how people do this nine to five like 40 hour work weeks like what what does that even look like but when you start to experience it a little bit I think it's a little bit easier to see yourself in the work um which is a, a huge part of why an internship is pretty valuable yes um another thing you mentioned that is so interesting about this program is kind of like this is a consulting engagement and you had the experience to do it yourself at which is such a cool perspective to come from uh as you as a team mm-hmm. lead now 
And so let's talk, let's zoom out just a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about um, the Impact Academy just as a whole. So can you go ahead and describe it to me and uh, the basis of the program? Daniel did jump into this already, but uh, any I'd love to hear everyone's yeah, version of what it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard thing to describe, really, to narrow down. So I'm sure what I say may be different from Daniel's, and he may say it way better, but you know. <laughs> Um, So yeah, we help nonprofit organizations. We come at them kind of like consultants. And so our interns, um, they've been given these problems that these nonprofits are facing. And over the course of the summer, they are solving these problems for these organizations. Um, And so that is really it. We go about it. We have 10 slides, design thinking methods. We teach them so much about how it is to be a professional um, and they get to learn about the 40 hours a week and what that looks like. Um, and yeah, we just help these nonprofit organizations within Tulsa grow to truly impact the community. Yeah, I think you, I, I think a, a big part of why impact is a part of like the word that we, that the program has in it and everything is that for, from a freshman year perspective, there, is, I think in the business world, I, as I've come to learn, like, there are not a lot of opportunities for freshmen to have an internship yeah. program, which I find interesting. I don't know why. Do you, I'm going to ask you, why, why yeah. do you think that? Why do you think that is? I truly think it's because they're kind of the forgotten age group. They're at that young adult point. And so nobody, no organizations or businesses are thinking they're professional enough or have enough world experience to come in and truly make something meaningful um, and so it's really special to get to be a part of an organization that is focusing on younger um, college students to make them professional so that when they do get those older internships as juniors or seniors, they're going to be at an even higher level than those who ha- don't have the experience. Absolutely. I think uh, that's a good selling point. And we're going to we're going to keep that soundbite <laughs> and, and tell everyone start <laughs> freshman internships. because yes. I, I, I think you're so right on with just this point that it's a little bit forgotten and there's just this expectation of like, oh, well, what value can someone that doesn't have the skills that we're looking for provide? Yeah. And I think giving them the opportunity to prove that without any expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's not to say that Impact Academy doesn't have expectations. I think the expectations are that you're a hardworking student and mm-hmm. you're curious and you're willing to make mistakes and yes. also learn from them. Any place can do yes. that. In a lot of ways. So listen here, companies. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big point um, in Impact Academy is we stress that so much is like, don't be afraid to fail. You have uh, me and Daniel are two examples. You know, we're team leaders. So we're there to support our team. And then we also have fellows above us who are there to support us. And so there's so and then we have staff above the fellows who are supporting. And so there's so many different tiers to it. And so we're truly able to take these freshman college students or sophomores um, that don't have the experience. And they're, as long as they come in with an open mindset, we can shape and mold them and we truly help them. And we're there to support them every single day. And we truly help them to be um, as professional as they can by the end of the summer. You know, they change so much. We're at the end of it now. And thinking back on the first week, how they were, and now it is truly so amazing to see the change. Yeah, that's oh, that's so cool. I bet um, I want to ask you too about like what you thought about the midterm or I don't know what, what you'd call it, but like yeah, the PR, the presentations yeah. that you guys did. Those were so, so, so good. What was it like seeing them oh, change man. from the beginning to that? 
it was truly like it almost made me cry. I mean, being the team leader, you get to see them because first day it was very similar. I feel like everyone who starts, it's kind of, I think when you start any job or any um, internship, you're kind of like, I have no idea what I'm doing. When you first start, um, it's always kind of scary and stuff. And Mm -hmm. so seeing them go from that first day, um, picking their projects just based off our little pitch and stuff to presenting and being the experts in that subject over their project um, already at the halfway point. It was so meaningful to get to see how far they've grown um, in their presentation skills in front of all of us. I know that was so scary, but they did such a good job. It was amazing. Yeah, it was phenomenal. I mean, me sitting there, I didn't necessarily know what to expect. And I also was like getting emotional because I think as we'll get into your specific project, it is such a huge need yeah. in this community. And it's a need that I'm so glad someone's responding to. Yes. Um, and I felt that way truly, honestly, about all of them. And it's it's awesome. Let's kind of dive into the work. Yeah. <laughs> what project are you and your fellow interns collaborating on this summer? I'd love to kind of hear more. Yeah, so we are working with Lisa House Ministries. It's a um, young adult transitional housing organization. And so they offer a nine-month program that does like physical health, um, mental health. They take you to the doctor, you know, whatever you need um, and financial literacy courses. And they help you like raise money so that after the program, you can get into permanent housing. So we've been helping them come up with a plan to raise more sustainable funding, um, expand physically. They only have one house right now and it's Lisa's house, uh, the owner. And so they're a little cramped in there and they're wanting to expand physically. And then they're also needing more volunteers and more staff members. And so we've got to research all of that and find out how to do that for them. That's awesome. It's, it's such a cool, it's such a cool idea for this nonprofit. And um, it's actually something I need to reach out to my mom because my mom really loves this that age group of students. She's been a um, college and career counselor for a couple of really almost like a decade now. Uh, Really, I guess maybe the majority of her career, just working with that age group of like 18, 18 and beyond, I would say, because 18 is such a, (laughs) such an age where life tells you, you should have it all figured out. And then you're like, life, you don't know what it's like here. Yeah. Yes, for <laughs> I, sure. I don't I, like I don't I don't know how to take the next step confidently. Yeah. I don't know how to do X, Y or Z. And you're now you're telling me it's not OK for me to not know that. And that's right. crazy. I mean, it's such an it's such an important time for just I think the like I said, kind of this in the uh, in the internship. It's such an important time to be able to fail safely and and have those experiences where someone's able to course correct you a little bit Mm -hmm. or you're able to learn how to course correct yourself. Um, And that's, you know, unfortunately, that's a part of life that isn't as forgiving um, is just getting out there. And so Mm -hmm. I think this this organization is doing amazing work. Um, Go ahead and shout out the students that are in your group. I'd, I'd love for them to to hear their name yeah. on this and know that they're doing such great, uh, such I a great job. I have Caleb, Anita, Yvette, and Liz on my team, or Elizabeth. <laughs> I have them. They're a great team. I have a team of four, which I have loved. Um, I know sometimes people think it's easier to have a smaller group. Daniel thinks that. <laughs> but I love my big group. We are truly like a family. We joke all the time that I'm the mom um, and I'm just taking care of them. Um, it is so much fun, though, 
getting, we spend every day together working on this project. Um, of course, I leave them and let them work. I'm not hovering. I'm not a helicopter mom with them, <laughs> but it's so much fun. Yeah, I, it's a little bit more. I, I'm just looking back at my notes on what I took uh, during the presentations that were, like I said, phenomenal. And when it, um, just talking about the organization, uh, I'm just looking through like mm-hmm. the perfect candidate for Lisa's house. And maybe this might have been something that your group is proposing as the perfect candidate or currently. So you just correct me, but a perfect candidate for Lisa's house and and receiving the services that Lisa's house provides would be someone that is a young adult between ages of 22 and 33, commonly a victim of family neglect. They're currently employed or actively seeking employment. And there's someone willing to change while in this program. I think that's such an interesting thing to kind of dissect um, as I think, would you, do you, uh, are you falling in the age demographic of that? Are you 22 years old yet? I'm only 20. 20. Oh my gosh, you're yes. so young. Um, so I fall in that mm-hmm. category right now. And I actually, like if I expand my, I guess, network um, for people that I could see being in this program, it's interesting how if I look at my own, whoever I know mm-hmm. personally, so the the number of names that come to mind are, yeah. is a lot, actually. And I think that that's, that's obviously one of the main reasons why I really am impacted by this work personally, because there's so many people that I know that deserve this opportunity mm-hmm. to um, have some sort of guidance. And the one thing that I want to touch on a little bit specifically is kind of the currently employed or actively seeking employment part of it. Because I think that it's so interesting that you know, age 22, if that if that's what we're looking at, there's only a couple of options or not only a couple of options. I, I guess there's a few predetermined paths mm-hmm. of what an adult at age 22 would be on. And let's kind of dive into those a little bit if you if you don't yeah. mind indulging me. So there's someone that is 22, graduated from college. They have a degree and they're like, what do I do now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's two versions of that. It's like they graduated and they know what they want to do. or They graduated and they don't know what yeah. they want to do. I fall into the latter, did not know what I wanted to do after I graduated college. So um, that feels I, I can so relate to what that feeling was like. Um, but there's also this, I want to say, probably more commonly held perspective um, or place that people are coming from where college might not have been an option for them. Yeah. and they started working age nine, uh, age 18, 19, and maybe it's been at the same place for that amount of time, four years or so. Um, and maybe it's, you know, hopping around a couple of places. Maybe it, there's this third option too, where work was not necessarily a priority for them or didn't need to be a priority because family was able to mm-hmm. support them in that way. And so I guess kind of what I'm getting at here is like, all three of those different pathways that I've kind of just laid out feel there's like, I know that maybe a unifying feeling between them, uh, you know, reaching age 22 Mm -hmm. and there being these expectations of what you're supposed to be or what you could be. It kind of can feel a little hopeless. It can. It definitely can. And so I think maybe something I would ask you too is um, what, from your interviews, I know, I know that the, your kids did these interviews, mm-hmm. but what are some sentiments you're getting from the people that are receiving these services? Yeah. So the big part of that is um, usually family neglect is, you know, they get to that point and 
it's either, oh, you're 18, so you're out of the house working, you know, like you said, or, oh, you're done with college, so you're out of the house working, or after a few years where they weren't focusing on work, then their family's like, okay, you've got, you know, you've got to go to work or something like that, you know? Um, And so a big part of it at Lisa's house is how she truly makes it feel like a home. So her house is set up with all these like old florals. She told us this specifically. It wants to look like a grandmother's house. And so she always has like the big couches with the old floral designs and all of the fun, different um, antique things so that it looks like and feels like a grandmother's house. So it feels homely. And so she's always kind of like the mother figure in the house. And so that is truly what sets Lisa's house apart is that they are getting that family feeling of like, it's okay, you don't know what you want to do. Like here, we're going to work and figure out where you can go from here. And we're going to work to get you on the right track. Yeah, that's, God, it's such a, it's a little bit of an emotional topic mm-hmm. just because like, I know that from, yeah, like I said, just from my perspective, the number of people that could have used this service mm-hmm. and, um, you know, there needs to be more Lisa's houses yeah. <laughs> or I'm just imagining this like ideal world where everyone had the opportunity to, to do something like yeah. this and have this ex- it's exploratory time um, that's not defined by, oh, you should be at this level or mm-hmm. you should be achieving X, Y, and Z. Uh, I just, it, it hurts me that we do that yeah, to each other in, in the systems. And so how do we support the people that aren't there yet is, is so, so important to yeah. me. And so I, I'm just, I'm really impacted by this work and I want to continue finding ways to support it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of through this work, I, I'm, I'm really curious about your perspective on, you know, how has working on this project exposed you to new perspectives and problems in the city of Tulsa? Yeah. So coming in, um, just being a college student and just doing like the internship, um, I guess I've only seen like the business side of Tulsa and how like innovative and growing it constantly is. But I never really got to see like the homeless side of Tulsa. You know, I never truly got to see deeper, kind of at a deeper level, what Tulsa was going through. Um, And so within this project, you know, I've got to learn so much about the homeless population and the at-risk population of young adults and everything and seeing truly how many there are that are going through situations like this. And so it's really changed my perspective to just see how much work there still is to be done in Tulsa. And that even though I love Tulsa and it is great and I know there's so many good things going on, like it's not perfect and there are things that need to be done to help the homeless population and the at-risk population within Tulsa. Absolutely. This like something that has been kind of like a theme in my life recently is like this uh, ability to hold multiple truths. I think the perspective I've been coming from with that is like, uh, or at least like trying to understand that about myself is that like, it can be going through something and it doesn't mean specifically this and it doesn't mean specifically that it can be elements of both. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's exactly what you're yeah. heading out with kind of this perspective on Tulsa, because I, I think, in a lot of ways, like we talk about the on this podcast, like the good parts about Tulsa mm-hmm. and the, you know, the ability to, for opportunity to thrive here. And I think that it's it's leaving out this whole population of people that these opportunities don't exist for. Yeah. And that is a tough place to sit at when I specifically value things like accessibility, mm-hmm. when I value the creation of opportunity for all, regardless of, um, you know, 
sexual orientation, skin, race, all Mm -hmm. of these, you know, religion, all these things. I truly do believe in like the equality and equity for all people. And yet there is socioeconomic um, implications to the opportunities that we talk about. And, And we're talking about a population of folks that are obviously on the very low, the lowest end of socioeconomic status mm-hmm. that you can have, which is that you don't even have a place to reside. Yeah. And I think I've never really talked about this on the podcast before, but this, the space that we occupy in our office and yeah. where we are approximated uh, in this, in this community. And hopefully this isn't doxing in Tulsa, but we, you know, we, we yeah. operate um, out of a building in the arts district downtown that neighbors um, this big population of uh, day centers. Mm-hmm. And it's actually coincidentally close to the jail, the Tulsa mm-hmm. County jail and a bail bond service. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, great community partners like Iron Gate that, that serve these, this population of homeless folks or houseless folks. And we are, in essence, exposed to it on a daily basis. We are, yeah. Um, that is another thing that has changed um, a little bit about my experience is yeah. um, not being in like the nicer parts of Tulsa necessarily. Like I, we see it every day going to our work. Um, we're walking right by it. And so it's truly not just within my project, but it's where we're located and stuff. Like it's constantly, I've been thinking about it a lot. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so interesting because I, I think that I have, been exposed to so many different perspectives on like why how the rate of houselessness is rising in Tulsa and Mm -hmm. it's you know it's because of this factor and like the housing market increasing or the or inflation and those are the things that like I'm sure there's science backing that up and and data and research and things like that but there's also these outlandish opinions that like oh other cities are bussing them in and stuff like that like or we're bussing our houseless population of folks out. And it's so wild to to have to sit there and especially with your perspective of like, okay, well, there can be multiple truths. <laughs> <laughs> but that one sounds a little crazy. Yeah, that's a little out there. <laughs> but I, I think, I guess what I'm wanting to note on on this topic of, of houselessness and in Tulsa, and I think, I think it's something that every city has to mm-hmm. confront. And I know we're not unique in having um, I don't want to say this issue of houselessness. The issue is not the houseless. It's the issue of lack of housing. Yeah. Um, and the lack of opportunities to uplift that that mm-hmm. community. And um, I really do think that what Lisa's House is doing and and other organizations like it are providing a a way for that to not be the end of the yeah. the the only uh, opportunity you have is to live on live houseless for the rest of your life you know being provided with these resources like mentorship maybe mental health resources Mm -hmm. and a safe space it's it's so meaningful and can be life-changing yeah I will say one of the best parts about um, learning about Lisa's house is that we've also got to benchmark and go interview other similar organizations within Tulsa. And so it's been really impactful to see what is being done to help this and to help these people. Absolutely. And I just want to encourage anyone listening that if, if this is something that you are passionate about, um, there is lots of opportunities yeah. to get involved. 
And um, I'm sure both Darby and I would love to talk to you about them as well. Um, And all of your students that are working with you. They've they've now become the experts on on this type of resource here in Tulsa. So that's super exciting. And I guess one last thing is that, you know, this is this is a sensitive topic in a lot of ways. And some people could see it as political as well, because it's people um, and the way that they're operating within a city. But um, I think that the one thing that I want to encourage anyone listening to approach this topic with is just empathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're having interactions with houseless folks, it's it's something that we've had to be trained in as mm-hmm. a part of like our building is to you know, know that on the way from the parking lot to the office, you might have an interaction. And, you know, as, as recent as last week, we had like an announcement sent out on our Slack that was like, there is a person that is approaching people and making them feel uncomfortable and having multiple interactions with people. And this is the best way to like interact with yeah. or, or deal with that or process that it's, it's hold space for each other. Um, and also hold space for the people that are experiencing this. Mm-hmm. I think that it's such a dehumanizing experience um, sometimes that these houseless folks have. And the last thing that I personally want to do is increase that feeling for them. Yeah. And I just think that's an important thing to say on the topic. Yeah, absolutely. Whew. Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> take a breath. <laughs> Uh, wrapping, kind of wrapping up this discussion, I'd love to kind of talk a little bit about um, what we see coming from this work. I, there's so much awesome stuff that your students and and you all have collaborated to um, come up with a suggestion for mm-hmm. Lisa's house and how it should continue. But what would you like to see come from this work, and and what would be the impact of its actualization in Tulsa? Yeah, so I would love to see. Um, kind of the plan we've created play out. Um, even if it's not exactly what we've planned, we do come up with a plan for them. But it would be wonderful to see everything happen. And it's it includes expanding to new houses and physical space so that they can take in more people. And so it would truly just have an impact to be able to take in as many people as possible. And it, uh, we kind of create them up with a plan to expand for the next so many years. But then it's also a plan that they can use truly for as long as they want to just continue expanding and expanding. And so it'd be wonderful to see them, you know, one day have like 10 houses, you know, helping so many people. Um, And then to also see them just financially be stable so that they're not having to worry about what they're doing so that they can truly just work on being impactful in Tulsa and not have to worry about all the money side of it. That's always, you know, such a struggle with organizations and it would be truly wonderful to just see them be able to focus on the impact and the people that they can reach. Yeah. No, I so agree with that. I I hope that too. <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan. <laughs> it's the plan. And it, it, I think that's going to take a lot of, it takes a lot of work to get there. And I think the the reason I'm I'm really loving the work that you guys are doing is that you're like, okay, here's the plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We did the work and we think that this is a way that you can do it. And of course, it's up to the organizations mm-hmm. on whether or not they heed all the advice or take every every suggestion right. in the way that it was intended or or modify or whatever. But um, you are at least providing them with that yes. opportunity to make that decision themselves and craft it into their own vision, which I think is really an important service to provide for 
folks like in the nonprofit sector that are always strapped for time, yes. always strapped for effort <laughs> and and thought partnership. And so for you all to be able to provide that to them is, I think, truly life-changing, not only to the people that the organization seeks to serve, but also the people that are in that organization. So um, I'm giving you a big thank you. <laughs> Darby, thank you so much for this conversation. I would love to give you the opportunity to kind of plug anything or tell us a little bit about maybe what your what the future looks like for you and and what just whatever you're comfortable sharing. Yeah. So I am I'm 20, like I said earlier, and I'm about to finish up my bachelor's um finish basically. And I start a teaching job back home in DCAB uh next week. Oh next my goodness. Week. Yeah. So I will be a high school physics teacher. At the start of next week, officially. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, That's so you. awesome. Well, we really appreciate uh, your contributions to Tulsa. And we hope that we're able to boomerang you back a little bit. <laughs> I'm hoping to come back. I won't be gone forever. I can't stay away. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Darby. I Thank really appreciate you. your time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Grow With Us. Grow With Us is supported by In Tulsa Initiatives. If you are interested in learning more about In Tulsa services for job placement and workforce initiatives, please visit talent.intulsa.com. From there, you can join our talent network where you'll get access to our newsletter and our talent team will make sure you put the right opportunities on your radar. We put the choice to pursue a new career and opportunities in your hands. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify to be notified when more episodes of Grow With Us are released. Let us know what you think about how we're doing by rating and reviewing. It really helps. Grow With Us is edited and engineered by Rant9 Productions and Jesse Ulrich. This has been Grow With Us.